we go. All right, we're recording. Let me uh, do an intro here. <coughs> All right. Ah, dang, I can't think of an intro. <laughs> I can't think of anything. Uh, hey, everybody. Welcome to this already, already disaster. <laughs> All right. And so, uh, okay, so, hey, everyone, <laughs> I guess, we're, uh, we're doing our, hey, I, I said I was going to do it, I was going to do this podcast, now I'm doing it, so, uh, no turning back, we got, uh, well, I mean, it's, it's going better than the Attack of the Clones so far, that is true, we're not there yet, but that is true. We gotta focus on the the one before that. That was Tyler. Hello. All right. So since Last Jedi is coming out, I'm a huge Star Wars fan. I said, "Hey, let's do Phantom Menace as a as my uh, as a test pilot." So uh, that's what we're doing. Tyler's got his notes. I got mine. Arguably one of the worst. If not the worst of the prequels, but I would beg to differ. I really, I really tried to give this movie a chance. Like, I really did. I really tried to give it a chance. And it just was not happening. Like, like, but like, okay. I guess I'm, I, I guess I didn't react strongly to this movie like I would episode two. I just feel like, I feel like I'm numb to this movie in particular. Like, I'm numb to it now. And I don't, I don't, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. But um, well, uh, it was likely many people's first Star Wars movie, so they didn't have anything to uh, compare it to. So right. a lot of people who I grew up with, they really love, they they really love the Phantom Menace. Um, I'm I I included, really love the Phantom Menace, even though I did see uh, at least one of the uh, original. Uh, trilogy beforehand right um i I get that from a uh score standpoint and visually it's still astounding it's just the script is yeah awful (laughs) right all right so what we're gonna do is gonna run through this scene by scene hopefully i hopefully it doesn't take over an hour and 15 minutes like i tried to solo it that one time as a practice run all right Okay, let's do this. Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace, released May 19th, 1999. Written and directed by George Lucas, starring Liam Neeson, Natalie Portman, Ewan McGregor, Jake Lloyd, Samuel L. Jackson, and Kira Knightley. I wrote down in my notes here as the film was st- as I hit play on the. Uh, I watched the DVD version, the the Blu-ray version that came out recently. Yeah. And um, there are a lot of changes actually. And uh, as I uh, as I hit play, I wrote down in my notes, "Oh crap, I'm watching this." So um, okay, so yeah, <laughs> here we go. So the opening crawl dedicated to politics. I couldn't I couldn't bother to I don't I don't want to look that up right now. I don't want I don't want to know exactly what that said. I don't care. It was it was just a bunch of politics talk. 
is what it was. Like, 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 not, like a bit, a bit back then when it first came out, it was really in- interesting. But I just, I can't get into it right now. Like, now that I watch it, knowing the um, whole series arc, you you can't really just care about it anymore. Right. So, um, so what we got was uh, Obi Wan and uh, a young Obi Wan and Qui Gon Jinn. Not Yoda arriving on the uh, trade Trade Federation blockade ship over Naboo. Obi Wan said he has bad feelings, and uh, so the Viceroys are scared, and quite can sense their fear, apparently. And um, so uh, Sidious, I wrote down the Emperor, but he's not really the Emperor yet. So uh, Sidious, I'll say, um, Sidious orders the for the Trade Federation to invade Naboo and for the Viceroys to execute the Jedi. With the uh, sleeping gas, or whatever they were using, so yeah, they get locked in that uh, in that room. Right. Oh, yeah. By the way, Tyler, feel free, yeah, feel free to yeah, feel, yeah, feel free to cut me off if there's something you want to take note of. I'm just running through my notes. Yeah, here. I mean, um, so so they get locked in the conference room. Yeah. Uh, and I believe Obi, it was Obi Wan. He said something like, "I've got a bad feeling about this," or Something along those lines, because it happens in every movie. Right. Um, you gotta have that line thrown in. And then this green gas fills the room. And being Jedi, they know this is probably a trap. So what do they do? They they use their lightsabers to cut a hole in the locked door. Uh, you're getting ahead of yourself. You're getting ahead of yourself. Hang on, I got this. So oh, yes, I am. <laughs> so what happened was... um. So, okay, so the droids walk up to their door, they open the door, they're not dead. Um, so they start cutting, they start cutting up droids, they work their way to the, uh, command deck door, they're locked out, and then, so here's, here's something I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk about. So, Gorgon Jin starts cutting a hole in the door, and, while well, Obi-Wan's, like, defending him from, like, one droid at a time... Because that hall ain't getting swarmed by droids at this point, for whatever reason. So, they, um, so yeah, Obi-Wan's trying to cut through the door, they they close the blast door, so now the lightsaber apparently is too, isn't, like, short enough to cut all the way through, or there's some kind of logic to this. And so, he stabs the door, and he just lets it sit, and lets the metal melt. Now, his hand is right next to this molten steel that's melting, and for whatever reason, and for whatever reason, his hand is not on fire or is melting along with the metal. So there's like, okay, I'm, there's no burns, there's nothing going on there. Now think about that. I'm nitpicking, but that's what happened. So, um. So yeah, the droidicas come before they can get to the door, and they they run. They eventually make it to the hangar, and um, they have to board one of the ships, uh, warn the Naboo, and inform the Chancellor. Uh, also, um, ho- what was, was that really a holic? Okay, so when the um, when the Queen contacted uh, the uh, the Trade Federation viceroys, that wasn't technically a hologram. That was like a Stargate. Like, it was like, uh, not a Stargate, like, some kind of, like, Star Trek-looking thing. 
or like it um or okay she her image appeared over their door that i could have sworn was just being melted like five seconds ago i don't know if that was the same door but um it was probably another door they probably okay every door probably looks the same in that area but um i'm sure they probably just reused the um the scene and just got rid of the lightsaber marks and everything so the viceroy um is like hey we don't want to invade your planet and the queen's like we'll see so we go back so now we're on wipe transition one of many to um naboo um they're talking to uh chief palpatine keep an eye on that feller and uh so the hologram shorts out Everybody's saying, oh, the communications are cut, they're going to invade. And then the queen is like, no, they wouldn't dare. We must be diplomatic even if they're, attempts, even if they're attempting war. What? What? That so, that, that may never, or never made any sense. Um, it's, oh, the communication attempt war. Oh, we should just be diplomatic. Okay, you still want to maybe prepare some defenses? Like, everybody in the room said, this is an attempt at war, they're invading us. And she's like, no, they would dare. We must remain diplomatic. Ugh, okay. So that happens. And so the Trade Federation, surprise, invades. They don't start in the city, but... They start in this, uh, this forest jungle setting. It was like a weird hybrid between a forest and a jungle. It was kind of odd. And so... Okay, so the wildlife starts fleeing because all the droid transports are ripping through all the trees. And then we got the guy. That guy. Jar Jar Binks. Now, probably going further, like I said earlier, I tried to give this movie a chance, which, yes, meant I tried to give Jar Jar a chance. I tried to give him a chance. Kind of. It was kind of a mistake. There was one small, like, sparkle of hilarity throughout this whole movie with him. Other than that, it's just... And it, and, and, and it, pe- and, and it peaks. It peaks! The ridiculousness with this guy peaks in this movie. And we'll get to that. Hopefully. Um, so, so, Jar- so literally Jar Jar is standing in the way of Qui-Gon. He's trying to get away from the, um, from the droid, tra- uh, droid, yeah, droid, yeah, droid transport. And so, so Qui-Gon's telling him to move, 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 and he's, he's not moving. He's just flailing about. So, so finally, finally Qui-Gon just, like, tackles them to the ground and lets the thing hop over, over, over them. them. First mistake, Qui-Gon saves Jar Jar. Like, there were separate, separate times, there were separate times in this film where you could have just let this guy die. And they didn't. For whatever reason. Even though he was literally, like, he could have seriously held them back. But, you know. Oh, gosh. Okay, so... Um, Qui-Gon made made some bad decisions, and right. Yeah, I, I, here we are with Jar Jar still alive. That's I, the movie. 
So now, um, so Obi Wan later, later arrives, and then they have this exchange. exchange. I hardly, I hardly, I hardly remember it. it. It's, it's just about, hey, I can take this gun to the city. Oh, oh, could you? Oh no, I got kicked out. Well, could you anyway? Because there's a war coming. Like, sure. So. That's, That's one. I, I also, also wrote, wrote in my notes, notes here. Because uh, the, the Jar Jar's died. Like, how, how can you not see this as racist? Because like, oh, the, the whole movie is like, there's a bunch of different characters that have, um, just really bad racial and like ethnic, um, like uh, stereotypes and characters. Um, Jar Jar and Watto are the two biggest ones I can think of right now, though. Like. like the, the Viceroy is Chinese, obviously. Jar Jar is... Jar Jar has to be black. Like, if he were human, he's black. Like, it's... 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 Oh, it's, it's, uh, God. Ah! Alright, so... Um, and then we'll get to Watto. We'll get, we'll get to Watto. We'll get to Watto. So... So Jar Jar eventually just takes him to the Gungan City, which is underwater... That's, That's pretty, pretty cool. cool. So, so visually, the the Gungan City is phenomenal, right? Um, with the the clear membranes, and they just kind of go right through the walls. Um, so our first impression of it is fantastic, and then you get inside, and Jar Jar starts being Jar Jar again. Right. right. But, here's but here's the thing. thing. Kind of ruins the the moment. And, and it, it was, was right, right here where it hit me. me. I'm, I'm like. like Jar Jar. Okay, okay, I'm, I'm pretty, pretty sure, sure the Gungan Gungans the Gungans as a race are not terrible. They're, they're being stereotyped by this guy, guy. Honestly. honestly. And because of one character, it kind of ruins Gungans as a whole. For right, Jar Jar is stereotyping Gungans. Like I'm pretty sure, like they're they're hideous to look at. But my gosh, like they're they're fine. As, As a whole, whole they're, they're fine. fine. It's, it's just this one guy stereotyping them. them. <sighs> and okay. making them all look horrible as a result. So, so they, they get into the Gungan City, and uh, they're seized immediately. Um, they're taking the boss and ask for more talking. I can't, like, how far into the movie were we? Like, 15 minutes in? And then, like, a glimmer of action? Had to yeah. been, like, at this point. So they're so they're taking the boss ma- boss Nass. Um, Qui-Gon try, they, the Jedi try to get them try to get them to hell. Boss Nass is like, nah, they're scum. Filthy humans are scum. Um, so he doesn't want to get involved. They, that's basically it. They just go back and forth about that. So boss Nass says you gotta go to the planet Cori. There, have a transport. I'll let you leave in peace. But we're not getting involved. So. Jar Jar is in captivity. Like he's like he's being held prisoner esque. And so Qui Gon, as they're on their way out, he stops. And Qui Gon, Qui Gon's like, okay, okay, no, no, okay, Qui Gon is like, hey. Maybe okay. We don't know how to get to the planet core. I got it. Jar Jar Binks, give me Jar Jar Binks to help us navigate to the planet core. Not any of your generals. Not any of your navigators. Jar Jar. 
I'm telling you right now, I'm going to spoil it right now. He doesn't help them navigate the court by any, like, we are not seeing any of this. Like, he's just, yep, like, he's just scared and all that, and just, uh, gosh, he's just, he's like having a panic attack, panic attack the whole time. Okay, so, Boss Nat says yes, um, take him, whatever, I don't care. So then they take the transport. The yeah, uh, underwater transport. They go to the planet. They're going to the planet core. Then I wrote down in caps in my notes here. Obi Wan asks why Jar Jar was banished. You heard me correctly. Obi Wan asked Jar Jar why he was banished from the Gungan city. You spent about in storyline probably ten minutes with this guy. Isn't it obvious? Isn't, Isn't it obvious, obvious why <laughs> he was banished? He's clumsy. He yells a lot. Like he's like he's a human embodiment of a panic attack. attack is what he is. is. So, so they're attacked, attacked by, by giant fish, fish and then we, we get, get the, the infamous, infamous line of Qui Gon saying, "There's always a bigger fish." So, and then you know, foreshadowing. Foreshadowing. He did like. And throughout the entire sequence, he's not helping them navigate at all. They don't show us that. Well, yeah, he's just, like, sitting there. What are we going to do? Oh, no. Yeah. So, so going to die. Cut to the blockade for a quick second. And so, no, um, to the vice race. They're talking, um, no, they're talking to uh, Lord Sidious. They're saying the evasion's going as planned. Uh, Nabu will have no choice but to surrender. Sidious, I think, was pleased with this. I, I forget, I forget Sidious's reaction. I was just taking notes here. They did not mention to Sidious about the missing Jedi. And uh, I wrote down another bigger fish tries to eat the transport. And that's pretty much it. So they like. And then actually, during this point, I do want to note something. Like they're attacked by another fish, and the same fish that ate the first fish that attacked them came back and ate that that fish. But during, but during that, like, like Jar- <laughs> Qui-Gon gave Jar Jar a Vulcan nerve pinch. Am I wrong? Was, was that, that, a, that was exactly what that was? When, when he, he knocked, knocked him out? out? Yeah, very similar anyway. Maybe maybe a little different, but I'm pretty sure they just kind of ripped that off of... He gave, gave him a nerve hold. I'm like, are, are you kidding, kidding me? me? It's as if this franchise was not already, like... A, a more exciting, exciting version of Star, of Star Trek. Trek. You, you had, had to completely rip off, off Star Trek, Trek and get them a freaking Vulcan nerve hold. Um, <coughs> so, so now, now the Jedi finally surface on a name River in uh, Tatooine. Tatooine. The Tatooine. Tatooine. I'm sorry, I'm way ahead of my notes here. So, <laughs> so the surface in the river on Naboo and a feed in the capital city. And so the Trade Federation literally walked in, took over the whole joint, not a sing- no resistance. Well, yeah, uh, you've got to keep everything diplomatic. Right. <laughs> it's like, right. obviously, her guards and everything have, have guns because we see that. But they, there was no resistance. It makes absolutely no sense. There's no sign of a struggle to, you know, defend themselves. It's just 
the droids are here, by the way, and everybody's been captured for uh, no apparent reason. I would not be afraid of these droids. They just let it happen. I would not be afraid of these droids. I mean, aside from the fact that if I don't have a gun, of course I might be afraid of them, but they're they're also dumb. Not as dumb as Jar Jar, but they, they, they are very simple-minded droids for the most part, and uh, they just kind of, hey, what's that? You could probably get away with that and run. Actually, let's, 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 let's pause for a second. Let's pause for a second. Wor- okay, worst aim. The battle droids in this movie. Or Stormtrooper. Oh, boy. That's, That's tough, tough, isn't it? it? It's tough. tough. That's, That's tough. tough. That is a very big toss-up. Like, like specifically, specifically, these toothpick battle droids. Okay, so, um... Let's see. Where am I? You know, okay. I'd say that the stormtroopers are, wor- are, are a worse shot, because at least the battle droids can get their mark. The... Jedi, right, you know, block the, or deflect their uh, projectiles. So, there's we'll chalk one up for the battle droids. Okay, and, and also, also there, there was th- there was that there was that uh that uh, that, uh, that, that one shot in Rogue One where they had Cassian easy in that street with no cover and they missed him. There were like five of them and not one of them can hit him. It was great. So yes, definitely battle droids right there. Okay, okay, so... so um, but anyway, we shall continue. Yeah, yeah we, we should, should continue. continue. So the Jedi, Jedi rescue the Queen in her detail after they're, they're walking through the city somewhere. somewhere. I forget where they were going. going. Uh, they, they get, get to the hangar, they... They, uh, they steal... They, so they steal this, uh, this, uh, this, uh, ship. Um, I almost had a stroke saying that. Um, so they have... So they, um... So they steal the ship, they get into orbit, they run into the blockade, the blockade's shooting at them. We then got the debut... Canonical, canonical debut, debut of R2-D2. R2-D2. And so, so he, um, so all the battle droids, they're all out trying to fix the generator because that got hit. So he's, he's out there too. One by one, the, um, per, the, um, astromech droids are getting picked off one by one. And so R2 comes in the clutch. He doesn't get hit at all. And, um... So, so he fixes the shield generator, they escape the blockade, but they're damaged. Somehow the hyperdrive's leaking. Um, so they so then conveniently they have to land on Tatooine! The planet of many tattoos. This is where the fun begins. And this is where Yes, this is where the fun begins. This is where this is to quote my favorite of the prequels. This is where the fun begins. Yes. So, so they have to land on Tatooine, Tatooine for repairs. How convenient that it's so close to Naboo. Yeah. So, so Sidious is talking with the Viceroy's. He's, he's apparently, he's obviously disappointed. disappointed. So, so they're going to send Darth Maul to handle this. Probably one of the only good, good actual parts of this movie. Visually, yes. yes. Visually, yes. Like, like he, he didn't, didn't, he hardly says anything. anything. But um, honestly, the, one of the best parts of the movie is Darth Maul. Um, yes, he's you know silent, but he's disappointingly and dis- disappointingly underused. Um, yes, in the prequels, um, 
but those of us who continued our Star Wars fix um, found his redemption in the Clone Wars, um, where he gets a slightly better usage, but um, he's, you know, visually he's fantastic to look at, um, but obviously just an alien, or a a human in makeup. um, True. A little less uh, visually appealing than some of the other uh, aliens and like the droids and everything, but uh, you know, for the time that was phenomenal. Um, and I would still say his design is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, we yeah. we see Darth Maul for the first time. Yep. Um, and I, those of us that were really young, were like, "Wow, he's kind of scary." Who's, Who's that, that guy? guy? Okay. okay. So. <laughs> So, so they're so, so they're, they're uh, on the on ship. They're congratulating R2D2. Padme is going to clean him up, and so Quagat says we had to land on Tatooine. Captain of the guard doesn't like it, and then Quagat says you must trust my judgment on this one. So Jar Jar and Padme meet for the first time. I wrote down in my notes: Jar Jar and Padme meet. I can't. I'm sorry. That pretty much sums up their exchange. Yeah. It's, so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't even have a word to describe it at this point. Um. Okay. okay. So, so they land, land on Tatooine, Tatooine and so, so Qui Gon, R two, and Jar Jar <laughs> go out to Mos Eisley. Uh, Captain, Captain Tanaka stops him. Is is it Tanaka? That's his name. I think so. I'm not, I'm not sure. sure. That maybe from Satu. Uh, maybe it's maybe it's uh, maybe it starts with P. Panaka. Okay. Either, either way, either T or P. It's it's somewhere around there. He, he comes, comes up, up with Padme, Padme as they're like says they're, they're leaving. leaving. He comes he comes up with that. Padme says, "Hey, the queen insisted you take Padme, the handmaiden, with you." Says the queen doesn't like the plan. That should have been our first clue. You know, you know, that should have been, been our first, first clue, clue to the uh, twist at the towards, towards the end. Um, so like, like I, 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 I looked, looked at this out of context. context I'm like, like, wait, why, why does the queen, queen want Padme to go, go with, with these guys? guys? Like, like she had little importance up until this point. point. She's, She's just a handmaid. handmaid. Then we, we have arrived. arrived. Peak. Levels, levels of annoyance. annoyance. We, we are, are here. here. So, so the, the gang goes, goes out. They, they find Watto's shop. shop and, and then we got, got the other guy. guy. The, the littler, littler guy. Jake Lloyd as Anakin Skywalker at age... What? 10? 12? 11? I'm going to say 10. Probably like 10, somewhere in there. I can't, I can't imagine, imagine it any higher. higher. If, if he's 12, 12 I'll, I'll, I'll be shot. shot. So, so, hang on. So, um, so, so he, so, so Qui-Gon and Wada go to negotiate, negotiate about the, the parts, parts that they need for the, um, the starship. <clears throat> and here's uh, where we start seeing some really, you know, racial 
stereotype. No, that's, that's not, not the, the problem with the scene. scene. That's not the problem with the scene. The problem with the scene is the exchange between Padme and Anakin. That's the that's the cringe. This kid is ten years old. Ten years old, and he's flirting with this seventeen-year-old girl. What? Like, they, I can't use any other adjective as other than that he was flirting with Padme. Because that's exactly what he was doing. And he wasn't even really doing a good job at it either. No, he wasn't. Like, I don't. I didn't know whether to laugh or cry when he was delivering those lines. So he's talking about how he's like. <laughs> he's talking about how he's like, the, how Pat is like the most beautiful thing like he's ever seen. This kid is ten. I remind you, and he's telling this to a seventeen-year-old girl. I wrote down in caps age gap. I wrote down age gap in my notes. He works in a he he works in a uh, scrapyard. Like, how much beauty can he really see anywhere? <laughs> Like, what does he know? He's a 10-year-old kid who works as a slave in a scrapyard. Like, he doesn't have anything to compare it to. Uh, maybe Watto and his mom. Uh, so, 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 um... The age gap and just the, the cringiness of the lines. Um, meanwhile, Jar Jar... Meanwhile, the scene is painful to watch. I mean, all the, all the while, Jar Jar is uh, <laughs> fooling around with this uh, assistant droid. Like, 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 he's, he's so... And here's, here's another thing. thing. Jar Jar is so compulsive, he cannot help himself. Like, he can't help himself. Like, he just touches stuff. When when you take a kid to the store and they find any of those things... Like, any toy that makes noise when you touch it, you have to press the button. You have to know what it sounds like. You have to know what it does. He's like... You know that one part from uh, Family Guy? Where, like, Peter... Like, Peter has sees a big red button... <laughs> and then he may, like, he may or may not, I think it was Family Guy, and he just might, may or may not press it. That's Jar Jar. That's a liability, not an asset. Anyway, so Qui Gon and Watto fail to negotiate because Qui Gon sucks at mind tricking. Because he can't mind trick Watto. He tries to, but he fails. And then Watto calls him out on it. Wow! So, so yeah, they leave after that. So they're walking through the city. They're walking through uh, Los Eisley, probably trying to find another uh, shop. Um, so Jar Jar again, eating like he takes like some kind of squid off this rack, and he puts it in his mouth. The shop owner yells at him, says it costs X amount of Y. And then, and then he, he spits, spits it out, out and it lands in Sebulba's plate. And then Sebulba nearly, nearly like, like, almost, kills, kills, almost kills him. So, so I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to say what I wrote down in my notes. notes. And, and uh, kids, kids, if you're, if you're listening, listening, kids from church, if you're listening, don't listen to this. I wrote down, damn Jar Jar, Jake Lloyd's acting saves Jar Jar. So that's like the third time his butt's been saved. Okay, okay, and I, I said, said and I mean Jake Lloyd's acting. Like, I swear this is exactly how he acted. He's talking to Sebulba after, like, right before Sebulba's about to murder Jar Jar, presumably. 
And so, so he's taught. So he's a mistake. And so he's like trying to be charismatic, and he's smirking. Like he's, he's got, got that. Like, he's, he's, got, he's got like a, a sly smile, smile as he's, he's talking, talking, and then and as, as soon as he finishes his line, he goes back to serious face, like pouty face. He goes to pouty face. Right before he cuts back to the reverse shot of Zabalba. Like, he hits pouty face. After he smirks and delivers the line, then he goes back to pouty face. It was great. Great. So, um, so Anakin takes the party to his home before a sandstorm hits. We then got Shmi Skywalker. Shmi. Shmi. I always forget about her name. So, um... And I don't know, it always just throws me off. <laughs> so, so Anakin, Anakin takes Patty by the hand and drags her into his room. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, to show him. I wrote to <laughs> show him. Uh, a, a naked C-3PO. And a naked C-3PO. Also, if you, if you, uh, if you saw my Facebook on uh, Thursday, you would have noted that I took a picture of the... Uh, Took a picture, picture of a shot, shot where um, Ma- a Mars Kanata wooden doll appears on Anakin's shelf. I can say, yeah, swear, I swear it was Mars Kanata. Did, Did you notice this when you watched it? I, you know, I, when after I watched it again um, the other night after, or to to refresh my memory and take notes, um, I I had seen that the day before, and I'm like, I'm watching for it. And it looks so much like Maz Kanata in. Uh, it couldn't have been, been anybody, anybody else. Episode seven, but like, it, it's very well possible that maybe Lucas had plans to use her beforehand, or maybe it was a character model before, and then um wrote her in as a uh, wrote her up as a character and just didn't use her in uh, in any of the prequels where they really might have benefited from it. Um, but it, the the character design is almost spot on, so like, like I, I freaking, freaking I like I'm, I'm like, like whoa like, like okay so this is so Moscato must have been a thing before episode seven that's a thing so we got it and we uh, got it aren't we got a plateless C3PO so all of his wires are exposed and so the and in an iconic moment. R two D two. Hold on. Before I say that, before I say that, the um, like, uh, what was I gonna say? The fact that C three PO was built by Anakin does not bother me. Like I know it bothers some people, but it doesn't bother me. I don't know why. I guess I just don't care anymore. So he meets R two for the first time. Iconic moment, right? But I just felt so dull when I watched it. There was it, there was so much more than that there could have been, right? But, you know, maybe, but um, you know, for the first meeting, I guess it, I guess it kind of makes sense. They're like, oh hey, hello, I'm a droid too, but um, you know, C3PO's uh, line about how you know his wires are exposed that that's still hilarious to me, just because he's a robot. Why is he self conscious? Exactly. <laughs> So, so R2-D2, R2-D2, R2-D2 R2-D2 is rude exactly off the bat and points out how C-3PO is naked and laughs at that. I think he laughed. He must have laughed. Um, you know, I guess 
maybe R2 was just built to be a rude Right. Robot. Maybe he was. Um, and, I mean, we don't know how long R2's been around, so, you know, we don't know how, you know, old, I guess, air quotes, old he is. Right. Um, and how much more experience in the universe he's got. Um, so I guess maybe him being rude might just be that's his personality. He's grown this personality, like, uh, and it just kind of continues through the entire series. Um, so, But I, I do think it's a little odd that he is just so rude right off the bat through PO. Um, you know, maybe maybe he just doesn't like protocol droids. Maybe, maybe he's, he's or something. He's, he's racist, racist towards, towards droids. droids so would that, that make, make him droidist? I'm, I'm bad. bad. I'm, I'm bad. bad. I'm, I'm bad. bad. I'm, I'm done. done. Ah. Shut, Shut it down. down. Okay, okay, moving on. on. All right, moving on. on. So back, back on the, the ship, ship, they get, get a, a message, message from. Uh, home, home from, from uh, Naboo. Naboo. And it's from one of the political leaders saying, Naboo is dying, the people are dying, you must contact me. Obi-Wan says it's a trick. Don't reply. This thing about Naboo dying is the part that infuriated me the most. As a filmmaker in training, this infuriated me so much. You, like, throughout the entire movie, they're saying... Not that the people in Naboo are dying because of the trade generation invasion. We aren't shown any of that. None of that. We're not shown as far a... as we saw it was um like a peaceful surrender. Right. Like they're like, hey, you're here, we're, we surrender. No, we're, we're never diplomatic. Never shown a single like starving child. Or, like, like a, a dead, dead hobo in the street. street. Nothing. Nothing like to indicate. People down. Right. In a firing squad or anything like that. None of that is shown. So, how am I supposed to believe that the people are dying if you're just telling me they're dying? In a visual medium! They didn't throughout the entire movie and it pissed me off. So... And even in the aftermath, you don't really see... That Naboo right. That's like the thing. They actually start the war, but we'll get we'll get to that. Um, so, so yeah, yeah we, I mean, what, what was next? We got um. Bro, oh, we, we did we did completely skip over. Uh, Vigon and uh, Anakin. Oh, oh wait, wait, no, wait no, no, no. Oh wait, no, that's further in. Yeah, yeah it's further in. It's a little further in. We, we had to. Yeah, yeah. We got to sidestep to Coruscant. It's, it's big reveal. reveal. Even after in the Thrawn books, it's like a... It's all mountainous and all that. It's just one giant city. Because in the, in, the, uh, in the Thrawn trilogy, in the 90s, before the episode 1 came out, it was, it had, it, there was actually wildlife on Coruscant. But for whatever reason, Lucas said, No, one giant city! So... This, this is, is the, the grand, grand reveal of Coruscant, and it was a short meeting between Sidious and Maul, basically saying the Sith will rise again. That's all they said. So then it was uh, mealtime in the Skywalker household back on Tatooine. They talk about slaving, pod racing, and dreaming of Jedi, and uh, Anakin wants to help them repair the ship by winning the pod race tomorrow in storyline. Uh, everybody says no. Everybody says no. Conveniently, tomorrow. Right. 
not like, oh, it's in six months. No, it, it's conveniently tomorrow. Like, like I could have sworn, like, the dates changed throughout this entire endeavor on Tatooine. But, but apparently they were there for two days! God, it seems like it was <sighs> way, way longer than that. I want to muster rage! Okay, so they talk. So yeah, so Anakin wants to help them. Uh, everyone says no. You're too young, for goodness sake. It's a pod race. It's very dangerous. Um, and then Shmi is like, Shmi like slowly is like, no, he was meant to help you after resisting at first. Whatever. So um, later on, so they go back to Guado's shop. Uh, Qui Gon says he'll sponsor Anakin in the race. Um, he's got, he's gotten better at negotiating tactics. He's instantly better. Says you can have everything I have. If and then so he basically says, actually says you can have you can have it all as long as I get the parts I need. If he if Anakin wins, and then Wado's like deal. So we go back to the pod rate to the uh, pod racer that they're trying to fix up, and um, so and so Quagan says. Okay, okay, we're gonna hopefully we're gonna get the pot. He's talking to he's talking to Obi Wan over the comms. He's trying saying like, oh, I think we'll get the parts we need. And then there's something about this boy, meaning Anakin. Then he talks to Shmi, and I wrote down in caps, the one flaw of the prequels with Anakin. I wrote down in caps, there was no father. Those yes are the words under out of Shmi's mouth. There was no father. That is an exact quote. Anakin is immaculately conceived. Oh my gosh! I shudder at the thought that they 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 did that though, because it's like it doesn't really make any sense at all. Especially when you do the the dreaded M word later on. The M word. <laughs> we'll get to that. We'll get to that. We will get to that. I do want to say. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um. After watching, you know, once Revenge of the Sith came out, and uh, you know, uh, the Chancellor's, you know, three evil head turns in this tragedy of Darth Plagueis the Wise. Um. He, I mean, he says something about you know altering the M word to create <laughs> life. And so, like, I guess it slightly makes more sense that maybe somebody got to Shmi and created or, and altered <laughs> altered the like, M word. You're, you're trying, trying to, to explain, explain this where there is no explanation. explanation. Like, like, this, this is, is just... just... I know, and it's like, it still doesn't make any sense. It's like, okay, sh there's no way she's, like, run into another Jedi or uh, a Sith or anything. Right. Uh, um, that would have been like, hey, I'm going to create a baby using magic. Right. right. And this evil M-word that never existed, or that should have never existed. <laughs> so, <laughs> but, uh, you know, there was no father. And Qui-Gon's just like, okay, I'll accept it. <laughs> so, so I must note here, they were fixing the, the pod, they were trying to fix the pod racer. So Jar Jar, there's an electric uh, beam that goes... Uh, between, uh, between the, the engines, engines of this pod racer, racer. and it, it like he and then Jar Jar's mouth somehow gets stuck, stuck in it. it 
and him as illiterate as he is, him just fumbling through his like stuttering through his words, that made him instantly better. And I actually it actually got a chuckle out of me. I remember he he was talking uh, about something. He's trying and to pick up a wrench and his mouth got caught. He leans down through it. He, he leans down through this uh, electrical or line of electricity or whatever it is. Um, and that's where his tongue goes com- or like mouth goes completely numb or whatever. Right. Uh, and, you know, it's probably the only part where he's actually funny. Right. Uh, this, this, this made me chuckle. Sitting with his tongue like half sticking out and like trying to talk. And it's actually pretty comedic. The only time they got the comedy right with it. Right. So, um, but they're they're fixing the pod racer. Um, mm. So yeah, yeah they fixed the pod, pod racer. racer. It's, it's working! working! It's working! <laughs> yes. <laughs> kind of a Frankenstein-esque um, moment. You know, the thing he's been working on. It's finally alive. Yeah. It's working. It's you know, it's alive. alive! So, so we, we finally, finally cut, cut to nighttime on Tatooine. Tatooine. Finally! And so, so Qui-Gon gets, gets a blood sample from Anakin after he got scraped somehow or burnt. I don't know. We then got we then got the M-word, M-word drop. I'm, I'm going to say it. Midichlorians! So... Leave a bad taste in my mouth. So, you're telling me. You've presented this information to me. That Anakin was immaculately conceived by the Force. But, but, you introduced this plot point of midichlorians as some biological creature that lives in all fo- in all beings, and so it was just the will of a few midichlorians. So literally, it just like ah. So obviously, this already terrible plot point is already being contradicted by this midichlorian crap. So anyway. I, 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 was not, I was not, I was not, I was not this, I just realized that. I was not this angry when I watched it. So. The whole situation leaves a really bad taste in my mouth about it. Oh, Just because it's a horrible plot point. It's a horrible idea. Um, it's definitely one of the worst parts of the movie, in, like, in, of the prequels, in my opinion. Because here's this magical thing that it never gets talked about until, you know, we go back and suddenly right. it's like this huge plot point and it's so laughable <laughs> so so he sends the blood sample to Obi-Wan Obi-Wan says it's over 20,000 <laughs> Darth Maul arrives on the planet great finally got the day of the, pro- of the pod race Qui-Gon cheats on a uh, chance cube with Watto after he puts me and okay so he has this chance cube. It's red and blue. If it lands on blue, Anakin, Anakin's, um, Anakin's uh, slavery is on the line. If it lands on red, then Shmi is on the line. So Obi- then Qui-Gon uses the Force to move the the dice as it's being rolled onto blue. That uh that made that made Watto a little angry, but he said they won't win the race. And apparently, and I didn't know this before. But Watto bet everything 
on Saboba. Like, everything. So, that yeah. made... That actually, when I think about it, made more sense when you talk about where Watto was in episode 2. But we're not there yet. We're not that, we're not that at that movie yet. So, yeah. the writing in on this Campbell-looking thing... Uh, Anakin, Anakin, Shmi, and Anakin's friend, and Padme. Padme is writing behind Anakin! Right, right, but, like, you know how, like, you ride a camel, behind, and then you're right behind someone? It's like a two-seated thing, and, Anakin, and then Padme's right behind Anakin. On the same, on the same animal. Moves! The moves of this kid! Able to woo Padme like this. Also, I have a theory. Before we go any further, I have a theory. I think this is the impression that Natalie Portman's acting of Padme in this movie was. Like, I think I think that Natalie Portman knew how stupid this storyline was between her and Anakin. So she came, she tried her best, and she knew. That George Lucas was not an actor's director, so he's literally fine with almost any performance. So, what she did was try her best to come across every time they interact with, every time Anakin interacts with her, try to come across as a teenage girl talking to a coming of age boy. And, and tried, tried to make, make this, this redeemable. redeemable. Try, like, like, it was just... I think that's... This too. Right. Tried, tried to, to prevent, prevent this horse crap. Because yeah. she's, she's a good a actress! actress. And, she's, and, she's, and I think she's, she's smart, smart enough to do that. that. Oh, oh, man. man. So, so... She's also... also uh, Padme, Padme is uh, appalled to learn that uh, Anakin has never, ever finished a pod race. Ever. Yeah, um... So, like, doesn't he say something along the lines of due to Sobulba or um, due to mechanical problems or, um, you know, it's inconsequential. You know, she's at this point, she's like, we're betting everything on this kid. Right. Never finished a pod race. Right. Right. So So she she was was, uh, she was was a little little salty salty towards towards Qui-Gon. Qui-Gon's like, like, yeah, yeah, like like, Queen trusts my judgment, my judgment, judgment, handmaiden. handmaiden. You should, should, too. too. Oh, did he not know who he was talking to? So, so the I was ha- I was ha- I was actually surprised to learn that uh, Greg Proops from Whose Line Is It Anyway was actually one of the uh, race announcers. He's actually the one. He was the one who was speaking English. Yeah. Like I I I was I totally I'm. Yeah, that, that was, was great proofs. So they literally go through... <laughs> I blew your mind there, didn't I? I just watched it too, and I was... I, I guarantee that I looked at him and didn't even, like... And, and like, heard his voice, and I didn't even think twice about it. <laughs> so they go through... So I don't know which version you watched, but in my version, the Blu-ray version, they went through... All of the racers. Like, they announced every last one. They, because I was watching the original. 
the DVD. Oh, oh you, you got, got the, the you got, got the, the puppet Yoda, Yoda, didn't you? Yep. Oh, oh you lucky. lucky. <laughs> but um, I mean, they don't. I don't. They they don't announce every single racer, but they they announce a few. Um, and of course, you know, they make a big deal about Sabalba and then uh, Anakin because it's the whole. That's the whole pod race. That's the whole point of the pod race is Sabalba and Anakin's. Uh, rivalry and uh, that's the whole purpose of the movie's uh, story with the pod race um, aside right. from trying to win the money um, and let me let me just bring this up Qui-Gon's morally gray Jedi <laughs> sing and dicing droids and using his Jedi powers to cheat oh he's uh, so morally gray, gray. He's, he's so gray. gray and then betting on a pod race. This is no uh, normal Jedi, Jedi would have done this. The best Jedi, and th that's the whole reason he he is the best Jedi in my opinion because of that. He bet, bet the, the queen's, queen's ship on this pod, pod race. race. The, the ship, ship that, that they used that to get here. His to bet. Right. <laughs> so. <clears throat> Sorry. Ah. So. Um, so Boba so um, sabotages Anakin's pod racer. Qui-Gon gives him one more word of advice. And then we got Jabba the Hutt and Gardula the Hutt in the background. I believe this is Gardula. That was the other Hutt in the background. So, race time. Now, I wrote down in my notes, in a vacuum, this is great. If this were in a better movie, in fact, I thought of the idea... If, if this, this was, was how we were introduced, introduced to Anakin, Anakin this, this would have been great. This, this would have been a and also great the pod scene. Race is really good. Right. Uh, the, the pod race is really good. Um, you know, it's uh, it's very much uh, uh, paying homage to the um, trench run in uh, A New Hope, um, in, in its own way, um, or somewhere in the the whole chariot race um, of the Colosseums of ancient Rome. Um, and it's visually a fantastic thing to watch, right? Um, which right almost merited the the 3D re-release a few years back. Um, just that scene alone almost merited the whole movie being released in 3D um, across the country. But it still doesn't make the movie as a whole any better. Um, right. If this were, I'm telling you, if this were in a better movie, it would have been like. And like, like what are the most iconic, iconic scenes, scenes of all time? Most definitely. Um, and as far as Star Wars is concerned, it is. A it very, is. Very phenomenal scene and very uh, iconic scene in the Star Wars franchise. It just, okay. as a whole, misses the mark. Um, all right. It should have been in another movie. So yeah. So at first, so. Jabba spits the head of some animal onto a gong, and that's how this race starts. Anakin stalls at first, while everybody else goes, everybody else goes forward, and then eventually he gets going. Um, Sebulba starts just is really dirty and aggressive, so he's just like ramming stuff. It was like he's like he's ramming people into stuff, and he's throwing stuff at other at other, at other racers. And uh, also throughout the entire race, the Tusken Raider uh, Sam people. We're playing spoiler with their sniper rifles. That was awesome. Cause what else would they be doing? 
Other than trying to snipe off the uh, the pod racers. So one by one, the racers fall, and then I run into lap two. Anakin's fighting his way back. He's eventually in third, so Boba helps him get into second, unintentionally. And then the Tuscans finally pick one off. Uh, they're... Racing back and forth. It's basically at the uh, at the start of lap three. It's basically just Anakin and Sabolba at this point. So so he so so Anakin uses uh so Anakin gets knocked off course on the service ramp and he uses that to his advantage. He just flies right over Sabolba's head and gets into first place. So then and then finally towards the end of the towards the end of this race, ever so conveniently. Sebulba's sabotage, sabotage finally takes, takes, takes effect, and whatever he pulled just flies off, and then starts to, and slows Anakin down, and then so so Anakin fixes the issues eventually, and then Sebulba pulls ahead while this is happening. So he's just flip. So basically, it's just flipping switches and doing this, putting this into that socket, and all that. And so he so Anakin roars back, roars back. It's we're in the final stretch. It's closed. They're stuck now. Because Saboba rammed Anakin, and now they're stuck. And so Anakin gets a little loose. He um, he boosts forward. Saboba wrecks because of this, because he pulled some kind of joint. And then Anakin wins the pod race. In a vacuum, this would have been awesome. But since... But, like, I like how there was, like... like Lucas, for when he was probably directing the scene, knew what he was doing. There was hardly any dialogue. It was just them racing, and then John Williams score, and that's it. That is it. Like for most of the race, there was no there was no score. But it was just them racing. It was it was awesome. So Padme. So afterwards, um, Padme hugs Anakin. Watto is pissed off, but Anakin, but he releases Anakin because Qui-Gon threatens to take it to the huts. They go back to Anakin's place. Qui-Gon says he's free. Anakin's elated, then sad that Shmi can't go with. This, this whole thing on Tatooine should have been the beginning of the movie. Because it was Darth Vader taking his first steps into a larger world. And I wrote down in my notes, this movie needed to be better. Well, yeah. We waste most of the movie with uh, idiotic politics and things that don't really matter. It wasn't idiotic, it's just boring. And stuff we've already heard before. Exactly. So, one last emotional... But, um... Go ahead. Uh, I was actually about to go... To the whole emotional goodbye. Okay, um, I, 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 mom. So, so they have this goodbye. Anakin says, "Will I ever see you again?" Shmi says, "What does your heart tell you?" Anakin says, "I will be back, and I will for you. I promise." If Episode Two had followed this up, this scene would have been the greatest scene in Star Wars history. Because Anakin yeah. failed to save her, and that started the turn. Now, if episode two were any better, then... Ah! God, I, wrote, I literally wrote down in my notes, this movie needed to be better. 
So Darth Maul, before the, right before they reach the they they reach the ship, they're running at this point. Darth Maul attacks. Um, they have this. We hardly get to see. We hardly get to see them fight. We hardly get to see Qui Gon and uh, Darth Maul fight. So, like they 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 they, they edited it in a way where you can hardly see what they're doing. And that's good. Following nothing but um, Obi Wan trying to catch up and getting stuck behind. Right. Um, for the most part, um, which is fine. You know, we're seeing this through Obi Wan's eyes, or more through Obi Wan's eyes, and um, it, it's just it, it, we miss a key parts of the the fight, and right. You know, that's fine. It's still a fa- it's still a fantastic fight. It's still uh, phenomenal to watch. It's still one of the best parts of the movie. So uh, we could have. No, I'm at the I'm at the, the scene, scene where, where they they're, they're about, about to leave. leave uh, uh, they're about, they're about to leave Tatooine. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. I just... I wanted to bring that up. Okay. So, I, I get ahead of myself. I apologize. It's, it's okay. okay. So, so Qui-Gon, Qui-Gon barely makes it aboard. <laughs> um, we got we then got, got the actual, actual meeting between Anakin and Obi-Wan. I wrote down it all caps because of Jake Lloyd's acting. Should have gotten Leo! As in Leo DiCaprio! Because that would have been better than what we got. So back, so back on Naboo, on Naboo finally, because now, now we're done there. We're done on Tatooine. Uh, we're back, so, so they come back, back to Naboo. Naboo. The Viceroy says... The, the, the Viceroy says that they're telling this uh, political leader. The, 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 basically, the people are starving and we are going to win. So, again, not shown the people are starving. Back on the ship, Anakin... Okay, so oh, never mind. So Padme first goes to see the... Um, go see, see the message, message. and uh, that, that should have been our second, second like, all, like, like, all, like, all, all by yourself. Jar Jar's asleep, asleep. but thank, thank God. God. Um, so, um, he, so, so that should have been our second hint. Like, like, she, she just goes and see this, sees this message on her own. So then Anakin notices her, um, Anakin says he's cold, Padme gives him a blanket. Anakin gives her a trinket to remember him by. So all I got out of this was they care about each other. Coruscant, again, revealed spectacularly for the second time in this movie. They meet with Chancellor Valorum and Senator Palpatine on a landing platform. So in my, in the uh, Blu-ray version that was released not too long ago, after, After Disney bought uh, uh, Star Wars, Wars and Lucasfilm, um, so basically, so basically, the Queen and the Senator are talking, and so I wrote down Anakin leaves with the politicians instead of the Jedi because they went in separate directions. Wow! Yeah. What a player! Yeah, he did. And then. Okay, you didn't see this. I'm almost certain you didn't see this. So I'm watching this, right? So the Jar Jar goes to the politicians. Okay, that makes sense because he's a representative of the Gungans, I guess. What 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 better representative, right? So yeah, he they get into the they get into the uh, the speeder. Brace yourself, Tyler. They get into the speeder. And, and Jar Jar looks, looks over, over to Anakin, Anakin 
points to the back and says, I kid you not, like, I'm paraphrasing here, but this is exactly what he said. That senator, huh? Must be a real keeper. Pretty hot! Jar Jar! Called Padme! Called Padme pretty hot. And I literally almost stopped the movie. I almost didn't finish it. I'm so glad that I don't have that version. Oh my gosh. It was so bad. I was... Maybe... I don't know. I... What the hell? What the heck? <laughs> so, we finally got the... Okay. So, we got the Jedi Temple. temple. We, we finally got the reveal of the Jedi Temple. temple. I had... You, had, you got, got Puppet Yoda. Yoda. I, got I got CGI Yoda. Yoda. You got, got the better end. end. Trust me. So, they somehow made Samuel L. Jackson boring. Uh, uh, Qui-Gon says it was Sith that attacked him on Tatooine and mentions Anakin's immaculate conception and that he wants him tested to be an apprentice. Council is gobsmacked, says they will find the alleged Sith and test Anakin. Anakin goes to see Padme before he leaves to the temple. She's not there, but the Queen is, says they'll relay the message. Nice try, Anakin. Uh... Then we got these Senate. Okay, I did not write too many notes about this because I it was all information we've heard before. <clears throat> so, so uh, Palpatine and uh, Queen Amidala they are um, they are uh, pleading their case to the Senate that a uh, that something must be done about what's happening on a on a Naboo. So, um, let me see here. So I literally said, I'll just I'll just read. What, I'll just read my notes verbatim. Senate hearing. Nothing we haven't heard before. Queen speaks about Naboo. Palpatine manipulates Queen. She calls for a vote of no confidence. ETs! Because we got the ETs uh, cameo in a, uh, in a brief shot. That's basically the entire Senate hearing. It was just nothing we haven't heard before. So back at the Jedi Temple, Obi-Wan is convinced Qui-Gon is crazy. Uh, Qui-Gon says that Obi-Wan is much smarter. Anakin being tested by the Council. Basically, this test is... Anakin has to guess without looking what's on the iPad. That's basically their test. Um, so so uh, the Council asks him uh, um, stuff. He says he feels cold. He's being read like an open book. And he's like... The council is telling him how just how like, like, like you're afraid, you're afraid for your mother, and then Anakin just like he has an attitude about it. I don't blame him. So he basically tells him, "What does that got to do with anything?" And then Yoda tells him, "The fear leads to fear leads to anger, anger leads to hate, hate leads to suffering, fear is the path of the dark side." Blah 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 blah. Uh, Yoda sees the entire arc of him becoming Darth Vader. Yeah, and then Yoda basically Yoda sees Vader. Go ahead. Yeah, and Yoda says, you know, uh, I don't know if I'm getting ahead of myself again or not, but um, Yoda basically tells, or they, they tell Qui-Gon that they will not allow him to, or allow him to try you're ahead. Anakin. You're, okay. you're not, not that, that far, far ahead. ahead. It, it all kind of, it all kind yeah, of. Yeah, it does all blend together. To 
blend together because it's a lot of just boring talk about so, something that I don't care about anymore. I had, I had to, to write, write this, this down. down. So, so the, the queen... queen so, so we, we cut back, back to the Senate, Senate building. building. The, the queen, queen and Jar Jar, Jar. I kid, I kid you, you not, not, we're having, having a serious conversation. conversation. Jar Jar was trying to be serious! <sighs> like, he's talking about freaking the Gungans are warriors, are you worried for your people? The whole thing! I was like, and in this monotone voice, I was like, you're literally taking this character seriously now. What, what is, is your, your deal, deal man? man? Where was this Jar Jar Ugh. an hour and a half ago? <laughs> so Palpatine... Like an hour ago when... So, of course, Palpatine is a, is a nominee for Chancellor. Chancellor. So, they talk about the suffering... So, they talk about politics for a little bit. Um, they talk about the suffering of the Naboo people. I'm literally... I literally wrote down, what suffering show us? I'm screaming at my notes now. And, and so, so the queen decides, decides I'm going back, back to Naboo because it's going to take too long to get, get what she wants on Coruscant. Why is it going to Coruscant? Okay, I'm going to lose my voice. I'm going to lose my voice before I go to TLC tonight. Um. So now, now we're at that part you mentioned. Council reject Anakin because he's too old. That's literally one of the reasons. That's, That's the reason, reason that stuck out to me. me. So, so Qui-Gon literally sticks it to them and says, I'll train him. Freaking make, make Obi-Wan a Jedi Knight. Knight. He's, He's ready. ready. I'll train the boy. He's like, like you council's, council's like, council is, the council's like, like quietly irate with this guy. guy. And then, and same, then uh, Mace Windu says, okay, this is not, this is not important right now. We got to focus on the set. And that's basically the end of the conversation. So for whatever reason, okay, thank God, we're almost done. They're at the landing platform before they leave. Obi-Wan thinks Anakin is dangerous. <laughs> Freaking autocorrect. Are you kidding me? I it literally corrected to Kwai Jin. Not Kwai Gon. Kwai Jin. G-I-N. Gosh dang it. Okay, so Kwai Gon. So Anakin thinks that. No, no. Obi Wan thinks that Anakin is dangerous. Qui Gon dismisses him. Tells him to, basically tells him know your role. The movie stops. I kid you not. The movie literally stopped because they have to explain what midi chlorians are. This far in after they mention it, by the way. After it was important. After we were asking about it. They waited, like, almost 15 minutes of screen time to explain what midichlorians are, and the explanation they gave almost breaks the Star Wars universe. What was he thinking? So, for anybody asking, midichlorians are the Holy Spirit, that's basically what you need to know. So, Jar Jar yells, we sit going home, and then they all board the ship, and now they're going to Naboo. So, Sidious, of course, knows about this. Because, <laughs> um, so Darth Maul, so he sends Darth Maul to aid the Trade Federation on Naboo. 
Anakin's learning how to fly, and then Queen decides, hey, you guys got a grand army. You told you guys told me you got a grand army. Why don't you go recruit why don't you go recruit your people, Jar Jar? Once we land. So Jar Jar goes to see the Gungan City, it's deserted. Takes him to a backup hideout amongst these ruins. The queen is, um... <clears throat> the queen is, uh, basically begging Boss Nass. And Boss Nass says, you're, he still says you're scum. He's refusing. So, then Padme steps out and says, She's the real queen in Naboo! And the queen we've, we've seen throughout the entire film is a decoy. Stop! Stop right there for a second! Let me, let's pause right there for a second. So, um, the decoy was played by Kira Knightley. Mm-hmm. Padme was played by Natalie Portman. Now, it's probably just me. These two, okay, the decoy, uh, when did Padme institute a decoy? Like, when was this? Like, was this as, like, as soon as he took office? Or took the throne? Whatever they have? Like, what, it, what was this? Because, if you, why would you have a decoy? The events of the movie. Why would you have it? Uh, maybe there, there was an attempt on her at one point, but they don't t- tell us about any of that. It's just, it doesn't make much sense that she has a decoy. <laughs> right! Um, that they reveal, anyway. Um, Ugh, God. And so... At this point, we're just sitting here, like, kind of jaws dropped. We're like... The only, ex- the only explanation is that they had it from the very start. Because, like... Uh, so, if they implemented implemented a decoy later on... Later on in her term as queen, or in her rule as queen... Then, it makes no sense, because they look nothing alike. Am I wrong? Or is it just me? I don't think they look anything alike. I don't think they look very much alike. So you're not fooling anybody. Like, I mean, I guess most people don't get a close look at the queen. So I guess... It kind of makes a little sense. But at the same time, it's like... Really? So This is the direction you decided to go. So, out of all the reactions to that revelation, Jake Lloyd's was the strongest. Just ponder that for a second. So, Padme gets... So, they all... So, all the... All the Naboo... The humans get on their knees in front of the Gungans and say, Please, we need your help. Save us from the evil robot AI. Um, Bossness takes his time in saying yes. Sidious smells foul play. Like, what is she planning? And <laughs> I'm getting to a really funny part. So, <laughs> so Sidious smells foul play. Basically, that's all he. That's all he says. So they they're cutting, cutting back and forth. So they cut back. Jar Jar will lead the Gungan army. Apparently, I'd like to muster rage. <sighs> but at this point, point, it's not really worth our. No, action. no. I need to save my voice for TLC tonight because I'm gonna lose it there. So. <laughs> So there, so it was a battle plan scene. It's basically cut the head off the snake, body dies. That's basically all they said. They have to capture the viceroys. There's going to be a space battle to take out the or- take out the orbital control ship, which I could have remembered there was more than one. Where'd all the rest of them go? 
Oh, yeah. Where did they go? Yeah, good question, right? Maybe the clones took him out. The clones that haven't been revealed. I'm j I'm joking. Maybe. Well, yeah. Or maybe, maybe I don't know, maybe they just never really existed and they were a figment of our imagination. So, freaking... Oh, God. Um, maybe they went off to another part of the uh, galaxy to the... bring destruction that we don't see. So, the Gungans are going to do a diversion outside the city limits, and that's where the main battle is going to take place. While Padme leads two groups to get the Viceroy, and then there's a space battle, blah, 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 blah. Palpatine basically then calls Padme an idiot. Like, Sidious. Palpatine in Sidious form calls Padme an idiot. And basically says, wipe them out, all of them. He called Padme an idiot for letting the Gungans do the whole... Oh, God. That was, that was such a meta moment. That's an unintentional meta moment. So the Gungans march. Um... Meet the droid army in the play. Okay, this this is where it starts. This is where I start losing track. Like, this they cut really rapidly back and forth, and I couldn't really take notes of this. Yeah, the the climax. Um, it's the problem with this part is it's like it, it's the climax of the movie. It's got the big battle, um, and each it, it's very convoluted. There's it, there's four different point or uh, intertwining plots that close it out, and right. each one just gets less and less interesting. No, um, the lightsaber battle was interesting from, like, the moment it started to the moment it ended. Well, yeah, um, and it's, um, this is what I've got in my notes is, um, it gets more, less and less interesting as you go on. You got the duel, the most interesting part, you got the space battle, the land war, and then the battle for the palace. So, um, and uh, it, it just slowly gets worse and worse. So, this is, okay, so I tried my best, so the Gungans are marching out into the plains, basically, so they, so they, so their battle starts. So they start the firefight in the streets, there's nobody in the streets! There's no suffering to be seen at all! So this whole time, you're telling me, your people were starving and dying, and we got to see none of it! And we've still got these pristine streets that are about to ah! be so pristine. God, that drove me insane. <sighs> that drove me insane. I shudder at the thought. Oh, God. So, the space battle, and then, so, like, firefighting in the streets, they eventually make it into the hangar. Quite got another one there. They're swinging their lightsabers, and Anakin's there. For whatever reason, Anakin's there! Just to be there! And, uh, gosh. So after, so the droids were firing on the on the Gungan shield, and after that, they they stop and then they just walk through the shield, and then that's how that battle starts. This is the worst shield I've ever seen. They can't shoot through it, but they can walk through it. Ah! So, oh God. So, um. So they yeah. So then we got the start of the lightsaber duel. Um, throughout this entire, throughout the, like, this lightsaber duel was great. It was yeah. too rehearsed, too flashy, but it was great. There's no dialogue. The actors are fan, like, you got Liam Neeson, Ewan McGregor, and, for the most part, Ray Parks, who did the stunt work for Darth Maul. 
They were all great. Their facial expressions. Then you you uh, you tie in the probably the most phenomenal song or uh, part of the yes. score from Duel of the Fates. The prequels is Duel of the Fates. I want that uh, back. I want that back. I want that specific piece back in Episode Eight. I want it back or Nine. I want Duel of the Fates again. Bring it. I want it back. And, uh, you know, especially, I, I remember as a kid, this was, like, one of the most exciting things I had ever seen. And it, I still watch it today, and it's still one of the most exciting things. It I've is. Ever seen. It was so I great. the Darth Maul fight. Um, and, you know, you've got two uh, Jedi fighting a guy using a double-bladed lightsaber, and the, the Sith just, he does not, he does not care. He's like, well... This is just another day in the job. I wrote, uh, I wrote down in my notes, too, so much fighting can't keep up. The only part, honestly, at that point in the movie when it's jumping from the four different plot points, the only part that's worth keeping up with is the um, lightsaber battle. Right, you opinion. don't care about anything uh, else. Double-edged lightsaber! Double-edged lightsaber and Qui-Gon Jinn and... Obi-Wan Kenobi, just the three best characters in the whole movie are, in my opinion, are Obi-Wan, Qui-Gon, and Darth Maul. There was because, a... Go ahead. Um, I mean, yes, Darth Maul doesn't really have any... He, he doesn't have a whole lot of character development or anything, but he's cool, he's, um, you know, he's a little scary. Um, and the fact, uh, a fun little fact, he does not blink more than once in the entire movie while he's on screen. Um, which That's interesting. Whole, he's a little scared. He's a little scary. The only point where he um, blinks is yeah, at the end, which we will get to. Yeah, so... Um, so, okay, so what made the lightsaber... Like, I, I originally wrote down cool, but then the best moment happened where it's they're literally staring each other down. It's early in the fight. They're staring each other down. Like, they're on opposite sides, so... So, Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon are standing side by side, opposite uh, Darth Maul. They're all standing there, waiting for somebody to make the next move. Obi-Wan fakes him out, and then Qui-Gon attacks. I'm like, that was awesome. That, I thought, was awesome. Like, of all the lightsaber fights... In the entire, in the entire um, uh, prequel trilogy, was this, was this one? No, no, I'll, I'll, it was the, actually no. I actually like, um, actually, yeah, the lightsaber fights in episode five and six were pretty good. But this one, this was the best lightsaber fight scene in the prequel, in the prequel trilogy by far. Because, like, the acting it's, was superb. It's flashy, but it's... And, and like, the, the, the choreography, it's flashy, but it's not to the point where it's just ridiculous, like um, Anakin and Obi-Wan in Episode 3, where they're just spinning their lightsabers for some reason. Right! Just, you know, clashing. Um, but, like, it, they, they, they have the perfect mix of flashy and practical in The Duel of the Fates, in my opinion. Uh, right. <laughs> we they, can't, they do we gotta keep mentioning that. Um, 
they they do it to the point where Darth Maul is almost like he it looks like he's almost toying with them and that's part of why he's just he's flat so flashy he's just like I'm not even taking this seriously because I think I'm better than you um, which very well he probably is um, uh, to be able to take on two Jedi and not really seem troubled by it right uh, he's probably much more trained than they are uh, to an extent anyway so, I'm just going to read my notes verbatim. Gungans failing. Viceroy team pinned. Anakin in space. Shield too strong. This kid can fly. Viceroy team uneft. Obi-Wan... Th- this is the part where, um... Oh, yeah. Okay, so... This is where I want to pause. So, I should... Let's just... So, basically, let's just skim over the details. So, the Gungans are... Dying. The Gungan. The Gungan phase is dying. Uh, the Viceroy. The team. The teams after the Viceroy are pinned down at this point. Anakin's in space. Their shield is too strong. But apparently he's a natural at flying because he's got to be a natural. So. Because oh, yeah. he's actually there's a ten year old kid in a cockpit in this epic space battle. Um, the Viceroy team gets um unpinned. They escape. Whatever. They were whatever. So then we resume the lightsaber fight, the most important part, the, part, the only part I care about. So Obi-Wan gets knocked off the edge, he falls behind. So now it's just Qui-Gon and Maul. So Obi-Wan, so they're fighting and fighting, uh, Obi-Wan's trying to come back, but then we got the ray shields part, where, <clears throat> or these, uh, these force field parts, and um, so basically, so that just stops the fight. Still no dialogue throughout this entire lightsaber duel. No dialogue. It's just them Isn't and their emotions. Where, um, with where Darth Maul's just pacing back and forth. Yes, this is the him. part. Yeah, he's like a predator stalking his prey. Qui Gon is like trying to like relax and get his breath back, and then Qui Gon's just like he's also ready to pounce, but he's but being respectful of Qui Gon <clears throat> as he meditates. <clears throat> So, um, so it cuts, actually, I said, I wrote down awesome. So Gungan's overrun, Jar Jar's bumping around the tanks like he's flying around. I wrote down my life sucks. Um, then everybody gets screwed. The Viceroy team gets gets caught. The Gungans get caught. Anakin gets trapped. Anakin gets hit and crash lands in the, uh, in the orbital control ship. And uh, and uh, things are seem to be dire. We're at that point of every movie. Now we're back at the duel. So the duel continues. So the duel continues. Um, right before Obi Wan's about to enter the room, Ray Shields cut him off, and now it's just uh, Qui Gon and <clears throat> it's just Qui Gon and uh, and uh, Darth Maul. So. Qui-Gon is on his own. They're fighting and fighting. And then finally, Qui-Gon gets impaled by Maul. We finally got... No! Because we got to have that in every Star Wars movie. In the entire duel. The dialogue of the Duel of the Fates. And it's the only time where the the ridiculously long no is actually... And here's here's the good part. I told you I always give this movie a chance. Everybody who's listening to this knows how much I hate the prequels. This 
was done excellently. Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan, I feel like, were probably technically, from a writing perspective, the best part of the movie. In terms of relationship. Oh, no doubt about it. Because when Qui-Gon died, the whole complexity of that duel changed. And then the and then Ewan McGregor's acting stole the show right here and there. It was it was fantastic in my opinion. It was so good. Because then I, I I completely agree with that actually. It um the the emotion that Obi Wan feels over the fact that his master is now lost to him um just dr- drives the the whole battle to. A whole new level, and right. it wouldn't have been any. It wouldn't have been better, or any better, had anybody else done it. Right. It is. I think Ewan McGregor. Just the fact that, um, again, because because we've seen him do it, we we didn't see anybody else do it. So I guess I can't really say that you know nobody else could have done it better. But Ewan McGregor totally stole the whole movie right there. Right. In that <clears throat> final push. <clears throat> Um, and so the, uh, the Ray Shields come back and he's like, all right, now I'm, I'm avenging my master. Right. <clears throat> right. You're getting ahead of yourself. You're getting ahead of yourself. So, <clears throat> yeah. Okay. So, Gung- so the Gungans surrender. Jojo has a little bit of a, of economy, but it's not funny. Uh, Padme's taken captive by the Viceroy's. The decoy saves the day. Now the Viceroy's captive. Um... So that that now we're back. Now we're back to the duel. Obi Wan and Maul continue their duel. Th- Obi Wan came back with such a house of fire, like he was angry. And then and, th- and it showed because like because the it, this, the fight was so much more intense. Ah. Oh yeah, and I I guarantee there was there was just a firestorm of emotion behind every single right. bit of it. Um, and Ewan McGregor delivers it. So perfectly, right? Um, so Obi Wan loses the high ground. He gets knocked off the edge, and uh, he hangs from this one um, protrusion from the uh, the walls of this pit. And so now he's just hanging there as Darth Maul knocks his lightsaber off the edge, and it falls to the ground. And it falls to the bottom. Um, <clears throat> then we cut back to space. Anakin gets his uh, his ship up and running. Uh, he blows up the main reactor. He lands right next to the main main reactor. How convenient! Oh yeah. So orbital ship. He uh, the orbital ship is destroyed. That actually actually this whole that whole scene actually kind of made me nostalgic. Not gonna lie, it shouldn't oh, yeah. have, but it made me a little 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 nostalgic. Harken back to the old days. So um, Qui Gon hops up. Like he's like he's like he like he can sense uh, Qui Gon's lightsaber, and so he l- hops up, off off like he he vaults off, up and over Maul uses, um, gets Qui Gon's lightsaber, and halves Darth Maul, and Darth Maul, in two falls into the pit. So Qui Gon uses his last words to tell Obi Wan to. Train Anakin and everyone cries over his dead body. Oh, and yeah. Uh, oh yeah, by the way, the destruction of the orbital ship means all the droids deactivated in the plane, so the Gungans win. 
By default! And they're going to like, huh. And they start uh, kicking some of them. Uh, right. To make sure they're not moving and, you know, oh, hey, we won, even though we just surrendered. So, <laughs> the day is won by the good guys. Palpatine arrives, says Anakin will be watched throughout his entire career. Saying that to a 10-year-old boy is not cool. Um, No pressure there. So, uh, Yoda and Obi-Wan meet in private. Yoda doesn't want the boy to be trained. Even if he admits he may be the tro- he may be the chosen one, and he still does not want him trained. Explain that to me! Yoda. You can't! Why, Yoda? So, Obi-Wan insists. Yoda says, fine. Because apparently he is the council. So, now they're burning Qui-Gon's body. Obi-Wan promises Anakin he will be a Jedi. And uh, Mace Windu and Yoda are still pondering whether or not, um, or they're still pondering the mystery of the Sith. While uh, you cut to a shot of uh, Palpatine just staring at the fire, which I thought was a cool shot. Big celebration! Go ahead. Uh, let me let me just go back to what Qui-Gon said early in the movie. Okay. There's always a bigger fish. There's always a bigger fish, yep. There's always a bigger fish. Yep. So. What if that was one of those um, things? And that's what I meant by foreshadowing. Right. Have you ever... Um, you know how, like, you have a friend who says... Who has, like, a catchphrase? And, like... Oh, yeah. So, what if, like, among the... In the Jedi Temple, that was Qui-Gon's uh, catchphrase? There's always a bigger fish. <laughs> and he says that over and over. And they every time he says it, they just roll, they just roll their eyes. And they're just like, yeah, okay, Obi-Wan, sh- or, or, or Qui-Gon, sure. Sure, there's always a bigger fish. And then, like, sometime in the future, they're just kind of kicking themselves. They're like, Qui-Gon thought of this. He knew there was a bigger fish. <laughs> so... We, just th- we were like, we just thought it was a dumb thing that he said. No. No. Then... Um, then we got the big celebration that just culminated everything I hated about this movie. I will read. I will read my. I will read my notes verbatim. My last. My last two sentences. Big celebration. Nobody looks like they've actually been dying. Anakin and Padme exchange smirks. Thank God this film is over. <laughs> Done. You know. There. Roll credits. Uh, so that was. No, the, the the part of that is with, with the whole. It doesn't look like anybody's been suffering. It doesn't look like anybody's been starving. No, they all look like Shakespearean England. Been saying throughout the movie, um, it's like okay, like you kept saying, show us right suffering. Show, don't don't tell. So that was Phantom Menace. Um, not the worst of the prequels by a long shot. Not the worst at all. Mostly because it wasn't very long. Because it has... Yeah, it, and it has a couple of scenes that are just phenomenal. Um, right. Pod Race and Duel of the Fates. Um, th- those are the only two parts, I think, of the movie that make it not the worst. This movie was not as this movie was uh, not as bad as I remember it being. Um, Liam Neeson, I guess, as a Jedi, would be uh, part of the reason I think Phantom Menace is so great. Um, that is true. Uh, and then you know it launched uh, his career to becoming the 
name-taking wolf-punching guy we know in Taken in the Gray. Um, right. But, uh, so... No, I totally agree. It is definitely not the worst of the prequels. That's the next one! <laughs> yeah. So... Yeah, it is. So there you go, everybody. We will uh, wrap it up there. Um... I don't really know which movie I'm going to do next. It might just be episode two, because it's Halloween, and what's more horrific than the worst Star Wars movie ever made? Um, <laughs> I would suggest that I do a horror movie. Yeah. Heck, no, I ain't doing no horror movie. Not on this podcast. No. I can't do horror. So, so yeah, I don't really know. It might just be episode two, as a Halloween special. It's like... This movie was like because it scares us. Um, yeah, I really don't I actually have to watch with my eyes. Uh, covered, <laughs> so. It's like like Hayden Christensen's acting. <sighs> so that was the podcast. Thank you, Tyler, for joining me. We'll get hopefully I'll get yeah, uh, no problem. Hopefully I'll get Zach in on the next one. He really wants to. He really wants to do this. Um, but yeah, I am. I do plan on doing um, uh, Justice League and Thor Ragnarok before episode eight. So hopefully yeah. look for hopefully look forward to that, everybody. Um, but yeah, until then, I uh, hope to see you guys in the future. Say bye, Tyler. Have a good night, everybody.